Oof. Hello. It is... Oh, Christ. I just looked, too. October 8th, Friday, October... Uh, wait, Friday? Yeah. Friday, October 8th, 2021. Should I go back and re-record that? Nah, it's okay. That's life. Um, I haven't recorded in a few weeks. We've been a little busy. We were... Well, we are closing on a house, which is exciting. Um, and I am uh, trying to figure out what color paint we want to repaint some rooms. And it seems like once we find the color that we want, we go back to like the main screen and it'll show you all the similar colors to the one you just looked at. And we're like, ah, shit, here's eight more that we like. So then we have to decide between those, and then you pick one, and then you back out again, and there's 20 other ones that you can look at that you also like. Um, I have packed all my shit, almost. I have no books out to read. I have really nothing except for... Uh, what do we got here? 1984 Kafka and um, whatever pops up on my phone. Um, and I, I've been trying to stay ahead on my school stuff too. So that's been the extent of my whatever. Um, but I... I have seen a few things most recently. There was one last week um, that caught my eye. And then something that came up recently with uh, the Department of Justice that is very interesting to me. Um, so, yeah. I'll talk about these. And then I'm also going to talk about this show that I watched on Netflix um, called The Squid Game. And I will say that I might spoil stuff. I think I have to in order to talk about the show in the way that I want to talk about it. Because it's, it's entertaining, it's dramatic, and it's suspenseful and everything. But there is like some, some messaging in the show that I think is kind of uh, two-way. But I'll talk about that at the end, so you don't. Uh, you could skip over that if you want to, if you want to watch the show and haven't seen it yet. Um, the first thing is, so I don't know if I talked about this on here yet. New York has a new governor. Um, okay, and now we've had this whole thing um, with. I think it was this was the last time I recorded. I talked about um, how federal jobs were going to have to require that their employees get vaccinated because the president made a mandate for federal companies. Um, so they have to comply or else they will get fined or whatever. Um, and obviously companies don't want that because the goal of companies is to make money and not pay out with fines. And so they're going to start having their employees get vaccinated. Um, Along with that, they, well, there was this thing that came up where you could have 
um, medical or religious exemption. And so I was kind of just poking fun at the whole idea of religious exemption being stupid. And now all of a sudden everyone's going to become religious. And um, so this whole thing that happened with our governor, um, and I pulled up an article that's talking about um, kind of like a response to it. Where is it here? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, here it is. Our governor basically said, um, you know, God wants people to get the vaccines, blah, blah, blah. I'll read the quote in a second. But um, it sounds like what this article is saying is that it's basically like it nulls the whole idea of, you know, if we're going to say that religious exemption is nonsense, which personally I think it is, um, we, we can't have people like the governor of New York saying something like, well, God wants you to get it because it's kind of, you know, and again, it's this whole issue with, um, bringing any sort of religion into politics in the first place. If I turned on C-SPAN right now and took a shot of straight liquor whenever they referenced God or the Bible or religion or anything, I would have cirrhosis by brunch time. I just say, let's not do that at all. People always say separation of church and state, but it seems like you know Congress is done in the same building that we hold mass in. I don't know. Um, so her quote here, or where is it? Um, quote, I need you. To, she was talking to people that I guess were all vaccinated that were in a church um, at the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. Uh, quote, I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care enough about each other to say, please get the vaccine? Um, the governor said, God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, doctors, researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. Um, I mean... Ugh. Because I, I thought it was nice at first where, because, you know, you got some governors that they don't even think that this is real. Um, so that was my first concern when she took place of Cuomo. Um, and then I saw her tweets where she was saying, you know, like we're, you know, we're setting up these areas for people to come and get their vaccines and, you know, we're going to make this mandatory and we want people to blah, blah. I was like, oh, good. So at least she understands that, you know, the validity of the scientific method. Um, and so that was a relief. But then when I saw this, I was like, eh, you know, I would give it like two stars on Yelp. I don't, again, understand why politicians need to drag religion into this stuff. Um, it, I don't know. It, and to say too, um, cause I, I really think that if, if anyone is like, oh, Jesus gave us the vaccine or, oh, you know, this is like, what is it? Cause I think a lot of people like the school board meeting, crazy people 
like to say that the uh, the vaccine is the mark of the devil or whatever. Um, and so to just say that is just going to make that crowd even more angry. Um, she's literally preaching to the choir and they, they're already on the same page as her. So she doesn't need to do the whole religious influence. And I feel like when people say that stuff, you know, and you're trying to coax someone into doing something, it's like, you know that this is nonsense. So just say, hey, get your fucking shot or go get a job somewhere else, wherever they'll have you, um, which probably won't be many places for too long. So let me just read through this article. Uh, new challenge to vaccine mandates cites Hochul's statements on God. This was October 5th, so only a few days ago. Uh, federal lawsuit notes Governor Kathy Hochul has credited God for creation of COVID-19 vaccines, while her administration has fought against issuing religious exemptions for healthcare workers who do not want to get vaccinated. Um, Governor Kathy Hochul announced two programs that would aid the hospitality industry by providing funds to purchase... Okay, that's irrelevant. I don't know why they would even include that in the article. Nice. Okay. Um, four medical professionals who work for a Catholic hospital in Binghamton have filed a new federal lawsuit challenge. Challenging... Sorry. I choked on an apple before I started recording this, so I'm really like burpee right now um choking on something when you're home alone is like top three scariest things um challenging the state's vaccination mandate for healthcare workers on the grounds it does not include a religious exemption the arguments by the plaintiffs two doctors a nurse and a scientist who work at our lady of lords memorial hospital include that they believe their catholic faith prevents them from committing a grave sin by taking COVID-19 vaccines that may have used fetal stem cell tissues as part of their research and development. If you remember that article I read last week, um, if they don't want to take the vaccine, we also got to make sure that they don't do things like take Tylenol or there's a bunch of other basic shit that I had listed off that everyone probably has in their medicine cabinet right now. Um, you know, yeah. But I'm sure that they take all that stuff. I just, it's, whatever. It's fucking nonsense. Get over it. Be an adult. The governor's declared war. Oh, this is a quote. The governor's declared open war against those who oppose vaccination on religious grounds because these religious beliefs are in conflict with her own, the complaint states. This is why we should leave religion out of politics. Governor Hochul repeatedly claims that religious beliefs and opposition to vaccine are illegitimate and invalid. Uh, the lawsuit is the latest in a series of legal challenges to the State Department of Health's controversial vaccination mandate that compelled hospitals and other medical facilities, including state-run hospitals and nursing homes, to suspend or terminate healthcare professionals who refuse to be vaccinated by September 27th. No worries, they'll be back in the hospital soon as patients. The plaintiffs are just four of the hundreds of similarly situated Ascension Lords employees who were suspended in reliance of the state vaccine mandate. The complaint states, uh, Ascension is the Catholic health care nonprofit that operates Lord's hospitals. Um, it adds the hospital is currently in a staffing crisis, the magnitude of which they've never experienced because people don't want to get the vaccine. Um, and patient care and community safety are also in a state of emergency as a result because people don't want to get the vaccines. Um, and it's not difficult. Like, I have my two shots, and I understand that I could still get it, but it's the fact that I am vaccinated that my body would 
statistically more likely react better to me getting COVID than if I don't have it. Um, that, I mean, that's, that's it. Like people act like, you know, there's like some idea that, oh, you're vaccinated. So it's like, you're, you know, on a, on a different level than everyone else. It's like, no, I'm just on a better level. Like I can, I could maybe hang better than unvaccinated people might be able to. Um, that's the only thing. It's kind of like a bulletproof vest, but I mean, could something get through? Maybe. Um, plaintiff's attorneys filed the case without identifying the employees contending they work, quote, in a culture where those who cannot take vaccinations for medical or religious reasons are made into political pariahs and scapegoats for societal frustrations of living through a pandemic. Honestly, this is the first time that I've ever heard <clears throat> of religious exemption for anything medical. Um, I saw this thing the other day where I think World Health authorized a vaccine for malaria. Um, and my first thought was people that have been sleeping in, you know, under mosquito nets for a good chunk of their life aren't going to be sitting there going, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I want to take that vaccine. You know, I, I don't know what's in it. Um, I, I would, I, I would kind of bet on it. Um, and to people who have said to me, like, you know, I'm, I'm scared of, you know, getting the vaccine. It's like, okay, well, are you scared of getting COVID? And then they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you you would rather you know lean toward the point zero 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 seven percent chance that something happens to you because of a vaccine rather than because and I think I mentioned this a while ago um, I saw it on Twitter again recently and it kind of reawakened the thought if you lose um, you know sense of smell or taste that is something not working right in your brain. Um, and to be okay with something as minimal, like when people say, oh, I only lost sense of smell or I only lost sense of taste. It's like, okay, it's good that you didn't die, but something in your brain got damaged at some point while you were sick. Um, you know, so what's that going to look like as it progresses into your 30s and 40s? Are we going to have another uh, pandemic of just people getting some sort of neurological condition or, or cognitive uh, condition when they're into their not even 50s, 60s, 70s? Um, something to think about. Um, and, you know, it. It, I guess, can be a valid argument for vaccines, too. Um, but I, I feel like, I don't know, if you eat bad food, you're not going to have food poisoning 30 years later. You're going to have food poisoning short after. And I know that it's not the same correlation, but same idea. Um, it's, you know, it's not just going to hang out there. And I think, too, like, the big thing with that was, like, people were saying, oh, you're going to get vaccinated with these whatevers, and then they're 
you know, they're going to put up new cell towers and they're going to scramble your whatever. Hey, go write a book. It'll be interesting. Um, federal case filed in U.S. District Court in Albany also cites public statements Hochul made on September 26th at a Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. I just read that quote. <clears throat> the lawsuit contends additional remarks by Hochul into... Whoa. Okay. Indicate anyone whose religious belief conflict with her own vaccines are invalid and that she said Pope Francis agrees with her position because that means something. The governor has also publicly stated that God is responsible for the creation of the vaccines. Doctors, researchers, scientists, all that. Um, although at least two judges have issued temporary restraining orders to delay the state from imposing vaccine mandates on workers who invoke a religious exemption, the lawsuit argues the state and many of the employers regulated by the health department have ignored those court orders because the patients matter more than the people that are making things difficult in the first place. One of the plaintiffs, plaintiffs, what? Plaintiffs, good Lord. In the Binghamton case is a doctor who's been practicing for more than 26 years and developed classic symptoms of COVID-19 last year, including loss of taste and smell. After tending to her father who died of symptoms related to the disease, she has since been exposed to other COVID patients, but has not been reinfected. Um, yeah. Claiming religious exemption after losing taste and smell. So maybe her brain is already damaged. <clears throat> a second plaintiff, a pathologist who works in a lab at a hospital with limited public contact, was denied her request to be exempted from the mandate for religious reasons. However, the same doctor who remains unvaccinated was not suspended from her job last week because she is also participating in a drug trial for the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that requires her to remain unvaccinated for COVID-19 while the study is pending. <clears throat> the hospital has taken the position that the pathologist can safely be at her job unvaccinated. They simply refuse her refuse to allow her to do so for religious reasons. The lawsuit notes. Uh, the lawsuit also challenges the legal authority of the emergency order issued by former Health State Commissioner Howard Zucker, because it was issued two months after the state of emergency for the pandemic ended. Uh, in addition, the lawsuit asserts both state and federal constitutional violations because it argues that vaccine mas mandates must be issued through a legislative process, and the governor's emergency powers were suspended the summer when former Governor Andrew Cuomo was still in office. The complaint still raises questions, also raises questions, about whether mandatory vaccinations will curb the spread of the highly infectious Delta variant. I think it would. If anything, quote, if anything, the emergence of the Delta variant weakens any claim that vaccine mandates are necessary because it is well established by the science that our vaccines are far less effective against the Delta variant and cannot stop transmission of disease from vaccinated carriers, the complaint states. I believe that that um, effectiveness percentage was hanging out in like the mid-80s, um, which only went down 10%. I believe that Pfizer and Moderna were both around like 94, 95% effective before the Delta variant came out. Um, I know that certain people listen to this, so hit me with uh, the proper percentages if I'm off there, but I don't believe I am. Uh, the plaintiff's attorney is Sujata S. Gibson of Ithaca. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., an anti-vaccine advocate with the Children's Health Defense Organization, is also listed of counsel in the filing. Congratulations.
Um, yeah. I find it, um, as, as weeks go by, much more difficult to be um, kind of empathetic with people's reasoning. Um, I don't really care anymore. Um, okay. Also talked about this, well, not specifically. I talked about, um, in passing, this whole critical race theory thing. And I also talked about, in passing, parents going to school board meetings to scream at, um, you know, administrators and teachers and superintendents about how they feel their kids should be educated. Um, as well as, you know, uh, mask mandates in school, vaccine mandates uh, in school. Um, I believe it's Pfizer or the FDA or whoever that is looking into approval for, I think, kids all the way down to five years old now um, for vaccines. So if that becomes a thing, um, which I'm sure in time, maybe a month or so, it will, um, then, you know, we're, we're just going to be back in the same spot again where you got parents yelling at teachers saying that, you know, it's their kid, it's their decision, which to a degree I respect. But again, at the end of the day, communicable disease, um, contagious, highly contagious, um, killed more people than the Spanish flu in 1918. So, you know, argument again, kind of invalid. Um, but the Department of Justice, and this is kind of like a a, a slam um, article right here, because honestly, I, I really haven't found one that is um, in favor of this whole thing. Which, and you know, too, I, I think it has a lot to do with the whole, you know, we're gonna cherry pick the things that suit our argument the best, because if we run our mouths too much, then we'll say something that kind of tramples what we we're trying to defend in the first place. Um, Department of Justice said that they were going to be looking into uh, the whole thing with parents lashing out at school boards over everything that I've read references critical race theory. Um, I don't believe that to be true. I believe that it has to do with critical race theory as well as schools um, putting up mask mandates for students that aren't able to get vaccinated. Um, and again, like I said, this will happen again once the FDA uh, approves vaccinations for kids to a certain age, um, you know, down to a certain age. If you go on the internet, you will find dozens and dozens and dozens of videos of um, very poorly worded um, arguments and statements and people yelling at school boards um, about, you know, what they feel um, they should be doing for their kids and all that stuff. Um, I think, and again, I've said this, um, I've never read 
a history book while I was in school that seems to be exactly uh, in line with simple, you know, 20 minute research that you could do through Google. Um, you know, that stuff seems just as cherry picked and um, refined as, you know, anything you can get your hands on, really. Um, <clears throat> if it was me, I say it, it's not really difficult to look at history and see how things were. Um, I say teach children the actual history of things. Um, the world is not great. Every country has done bad things, um, and that includes the U.S. Um, so teach it. You know, if if you don't read and study history, you're gonna repeat it. Um, you know, make of that what you will. But um, to kind of dance around the the severity of things and the the reality of things that actually happened um, in the past um, makes no sense. Um, you, you want your kid to get educated or do you want them to just believe in the same, you know, half-baked things that you believe in? Um, because then at that point, you might as well just homeschool them and just, you know, then it's on you. Um, so in regards to that's in regards to the whole critical race theory thing. Um, it's like, just teach what actually has happened in the world. Um, and be honest about it. I, I think that kids kind of need to hear that. It's like, this is what happens when, you know, people get too much power. Or this is what happens when, you know, people think that it's okay to hate people. And this is what happens when whatever, um, just teach what happened. We don't need to try to rewrite things just to make it look like, you know, the the U.S. is just a bunch of Captain Americas and suits and ties. It's not the case. Um, and people don't believe that. And that's just, I don't know. It's it's frustrating because you, you, you have to fight, you know, practicality with stupidity. Um, and it's difficult to do when the other side doesn't really seem to have anything to go off of. Um, with the whole mask thing, it's like, yeah, you're... And there's even been people that have like, oh, let's have an anti-mask mandate. Um, I, I mean, that's the most pick-me mentality. <laughs> um hunting for votes or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, and with that, it's like they can do it. I, I've seen babies wear masks and they haven't messed with them. You can get some kids in middle school and high school to wear masks. It's okay. They can do it during the day. Um, some parents don't want that. And it's like, okay, you are the parent that you, you kind of have a right to say it, but your kids out in public at school with hundreds of other kids. And I mean, how many students and teachers have already died? Um, bus drivers have died because of this. And the argument is that, sorry, throw out my pen. The argument is that telling kids to wear masks all day and that 
they need to do these things and follow these precautions to be safe and everything is going to psychologically damage them. But I really just can't come to understand how a kid wearing a mask is anywhere close to as damaging as knowing that the fact that people didn't want to wear masks is the reason that they killed a teacher or that their bus driver died and that they have to walk to school now. That seems a lot worse to me. Um, And again, kids that are still growing, getting a disease that or a virus that potentially damages your body. um, I mean, they're still developing. Um, So God only knows what kind of effect that could have. Um, Just speculating, not actually saying anything, but... Mm -hmm. So... This article is from National Review. Um, I I don't know what kind of site this is. Um, mm, Oh, never mind. Conservative journalism. Let me try to find something normal. That always makes me laugh, too, is when people are like, you know, I listen to a lot of, like, you know, far-right talk shows or, oh, you know, I listen to a lot of, like, you know, super progressive podcasts and stuff. It's like, really? That's so interesting. It's uh, interesting that you think that anyone cares what you have to say. I saw this thing. I saw an article about something called Newsy, and they're just like, we're going to show you the news and we're just gonna like air news like 20 hours a day or whatever and i'm like it like isn't isn't it sad that you look at that and you're like oh look some nuance in the media world where it's like interesting and like surprising that someone's like yeah we're just gonna you know show the news and have an unbiased view of it and you're like oh my god you mean like what every tv station should do Ah, uh, fuck. Um, mm, mm, mm. The reason that all of these articles are from conservative sources is because, like, they need to they need to keep the crowds mad. Um, wow. I really can't find a single neutral. Holy shit. <clears throat> hey, you know what? Let me go back and read this article. What the hell? Oh, yeah, for sure. This says subscribe to the National Review, defend the Second Amendment. All right, I'm going to read this article. And I'm probably going to dump on it. So, let's see here. You can listen to this article, too. Not a lot of readers come in here. Uh, the United States Department of Justice, it, remember, this is not me writing this, I'm just reading it, has no business, dash, none, in italics, dash, 
even thinking of involving itself in the give and take between parents and school administrators. Questions related to pedagogy and the contents of K-12 curricula are the quintessential domain of state and local governments, governance, and legitimately a matter of robust democratic debate. A new memorandum issued by Attorney General Merrick Garland to the FBI and federal prosecutors across the country is clearly meant to send a message to one side in the debate, the ones who have been showing up at school board meetings to protest critical race theory and trans radicalism. Um, you know, normally, if it was just parents saying like, oh, hey, you know, I don't really agree with how this is going. It's like, okay, it's like you're, you know, at least normal in your approach. Um, but same with, uh, and I'm just going to stop reading this for a minute. It's the same exact thing as hospitals having to escort their employees out at the end of the day or telling nurses and doctors that they have to not show up in scrubs or leave in scrubs because they don't want someone to um, harass them or murder them. Um, I was actually reading this thing yesterday. This guy killed his own brother because his brother was a pharmacist who was giving people vaccines. Um, and he said that he was poisoning people. So he killed his brother because of it. Um, there are people that will look at that and say that that was okay. And that that guy did the right thing. Um, no, he did not. Um, so it's the same thing. I mean, you can't go and threaten teachers. I, I remember watching this one video. I wish I could pull it up right now. Um, this lady literally goes like, we know where you live. Um, it's like all because you want kids to wear a mask at school. It's like, okay, you're going to what fucking burn my house down because of it. Um, yeah. So I would say with that, in that context, it makes a lot of sense for the Department of Justice to look into things like that. Um, because it's just it's fucking nonsense. It's uncalled for. Um, let's see. Garland's memo cynically conflates parents' dissent against progressive educational indoctrination with threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff, the public servants who run state school systems. In the blink of an eye, Garland then slides from threats of violence into amorphous threats, harassment, and intimidation that he'd also have the FBI probe. Again, that that is literally what's happening. It's like they're coming and they're yelling at these teachers and it they're harassing them. They're threatening them. It's like, okay, and this is happening on a wide scale too. So yeah, what are we going to do? We're going to have the FBI look into it. Um, it was interesting to see the Justice Department suddenly bestirred over threats, harassment, and intimida intimidation of public servants on the same day the president opened that such acts were part of the process when radical progressives employ them against a Democratic senator seen as blocking the administration's proposed $3.5 trillion ghastly spendathon. I don't know anything about that, by the way. I I've seen things about it, but I don't know dick about it. Um... I, I have seen, though, uh, that video of uh, Kirsten Cinema getting harassed in an airport um, and on a plane. Um, I, I don't think that I agree with her ab about 
the whole thing. I really don't know. But I will say that that's not okay. If someone went up to AOC or if someone went up to uh, our, our vice president and, you know, put a camera in their face and started berating them, um, you people on the internet would have a fucking hissy fit about it. So, I mean, if you're going to do these things, at least, you know, recognize that it's a, it's a two-lane street. It, it can't be one-sided or else we're not going to get anywhere with a fucking thing. Um Treating domestic political opposition as a proper subject for FBI investigation has a long and dolorous history, uh, famously including surveillance of Martin Luther King Jr., a figure so dangerous he is now honored with a national holiday. What? A figure so dangerous? This is definitely a conservative website. <laughs> um... Justice Department and FBI have no general national police power. Threats to do harm to others within a state, including threats against state and municipal office officials, are reprehensible and they may well amount to state crimes. Garland's memorandum nowhere suggests that state law enforcement is inadequate, much less lays out a theory under which the federal government is empowered to act. Indeed, there's no federal crime unless a clear, intentional, real, and imminent threat to use force implicates some cognizable federal interest. Threats to use bombs, use of mail or interstate commercial facilities such as internet to communicate clear threats of violence, and threats to attack our armed forces to destroy federal facilities or to harm federal or foreign government officials. My favorite thing is when this stuff happens and people realize that there's a rationale to it, so they just revert to, you know, what does the textbook say? Oh, wait, it says right here on fucking, you know section blah 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 article blah 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 that you know you can't do this unless xyz it's like i mean wait there, there's no better way to point out how wrong you know you are and that you're just trying to hide it when you just go crawling back to the document that says that someone can't do something um it, threats to use bombs okay so if they did that then you could call in the fbi but if someone tells a superintendent of a school district that you can't do this, we know where you live. If you do something like that, that's okay. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Is local police, are they going to do anything about it? No. Um, probably not. So, yeah, the FBI, I mean, it just kind of gets to a point where it's like, it, like, it seems that all this stuff is so extreme. But I think people need to realize, like, it's just so nonsensical and such a waste of fucking time and brain power that it's like, you know what, let's just, you know, let's just shoot from, you know, the opposite end of the court and just pray that this one goes in. Like, it, it's just, they're probably just all waking up every morning going, oh my god. I was hoping that I died in my sleep. Um, he proposes that the Justice Department and FBI form a partnership with state, local, tribal, and territorial law enforcement in order to address threats to school administrators. Why? Because he knows the Justice Department has no legal authority to investigate parents over their dissent against teachers and school boards. Um, okay, so at least he's kind of trying to 
get everyone on the same page, DOJ would need to piggyback on the police power of state and local law enforcement in blatant violation of constitutional federalism, principles that are supposed to keep Washington out of such matters. Okay, what if Merrick Garland came on and was like, hey guys, uh, God doesn't want you to talk like this at school board meetings. Obviously, with the feds unable to validly prosecute even actual threats of violence at the local level, they have no business monitoring what Garland vaguely refers to as harassment and intimidation. I like how they use quotations around harassment and intimidation like it's not literally harassment and intimidation. Uh, In a free society committed to free expression, we... Oh, Jesus Christ. We are expected to put up with most forms of harassment and intimidation, even if they are obnoxious and disturbing, as long as they do not pose an immediate threat of forcible harm, and no type of expression gets a wider constitutional berth than public policy debate. So, I'm just supposed to basically disregard, like, a threat if you're not actually acting on the threat the moment that you voice it doesn't that seem kind of silly especially to you know writing an article to an audience that walks around with a six shooter shoved up their ass probably 22 hours a day um let me read that again just so we can just absorb how silly that is in a free society committed to free expression We're expected to put up with most forms of harassment and intimidation, even if they're obnoxious and disturbing, as long as they do not pose an immediate threat of forcible harm, and no type of expression gets a wider constitutional berth than public policy debate. Let me read this one chunk again, because this just reminded me of something, and I'm going to pull up another article that has something to do with what this statement is right here. And then tell me, as the listener of this show right now, if you would be okay with this happening to you based on the fact that it's not an immediate threat of forcible harm, but it's just obnoxious and disturbing. Uh, Harassment and intimidation. We're expected to put up with most forms of harassment and intimidation, even if they are obnoxious and disturbing as long as they don't pose an immediate threat of forcible harm. Okay. Because I read this thing a few months back. um, And it blew my mind. Uh, Let's see here. Rooters. There we go. Massachusetts couple sues eBay over unrelenting harassment campaign. July 21st, a Massachusetts couple sued eBay on Wednesday for being subjected to an unrelenting stream of threats by its employees to stifle their online newsletter critical of the e-commerce company. In a complaint filed in Boston Federal Court, David and Ina Steiner accused eBay of conspiring through its employees and contractors to, quote, intimidate, threaten to kill, torture, terrorize, stalk, and silence them for their reporting in the newsletter e-commerce bites. Federal prosecutors have said the Steiners were subjected in the summer of 2019 to anonymous email and Twitter threats, covert surveillance, deliveries to their home, including live cockroaches, a bloody Halloween pig mask, and a funeral wreath, 
and pornography sent in their names to neighbors. At least seven people have been criminally charged and five have pled guilty according to court records. Whoops, just accidentally opened another article. Um, Cyberstalking campaign began shortly after the Natick, Massachusetts couple published an article concerning a lawsuit filed by eBay. In their 93-page complaint, the Steiners said the harassment caused them emotional distress, including a perpetual fear of being followed, and hurt their newsletter because sources and customers worried they would become eBay's next victims. Let's see. They're seeking unspecified. Okay. Oh, that's it? Nah. There was, this article that I read was fucked. Um... Let me see. Um, ah, yes, here it is. Uh, the harassment campaign included anonymous deliveries of live cockroaches and spiders, a funeral wreath, and a bloody pig-faced Halloween mask to the couple's home, according to federal prosecutors. The employees also sent pornographic magazines with the husband's name on them to a neighbor's house and planned to break into the couple's garage to install a GPS device on their car. Um, and there was one that I read <clears throat> that also said that they believed that they were being followed um, in a van up to a certain point. But tell me if that all sounds okay based on the veil of free society committed to free expression where we're expected to put up with most forms of harassment and intimidation even if they're obnoxious and disturbing as long as they don't pose an immediate threat of forcible harm um you know because i'm sure that these folks get egregious hate mail um and you know i just don't think that that is a valid argument at all. You have uh, freedom of expression, um, freedom of speech, freedom of choice, all that stuff. And again, we completely ignore the most important thing of all that opens the door to constructively doing the rest of those, which is freedom of thought, which takes not long at all. Um, you just have to do it. Um, and that whole freedom of thought thing is something that just dances right by quite a few people these days. And it is a shame, as you know, as I've said a billion times before. Um, this is... Wow, Christ, what episode is this? I think 98. Um, so I'm creeping up on 100. And I have an idea for 100. Um, well, I have two ideas. And I don't know if the one idea is going to be 100 or 101. I think I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Um, and my one thing that I'll do um, some nights is turn on the um, their 100th episode where they do like a recap of like the best moments from the last hundred episodes. Um, I do not have the time or the patience or the 
capability to go back and pull audio from old shows and then like go back on them and talk about like you know how is this changed or do i disagree with this thing that i said you know like two years ago um i just don't have the time um i was gonna do that and i just talked myself out of it um just because it's like okay you know, how long am I going to sit in front of a computer editing, um, with everything that I'm doing right now? Um, but I have another one, um, that, that is present in mind right now that I'm not going to mention. It'll just pop up, um, for episode 100. Um, and I, I really hope that it doesn't take too long to get to, because of, you know, the chaos of, you know, moving and the holidays and everything. Um, but yeah, there's that. Um, you know, weird stuff again. Um, I just, it's, it's so hard to even like fake a reaction to stuff now because it just all seems so um, just believable. Like it seems like anything that happens now is just believable. Um, and that's a, that's a weird place to be where it's like the craziest thing could occur and you're like, yeah, I could, I could, I could have seen that coming, I guess. Um, Yeah, um, that's episode 98. Have a good weekend, read a book, and uh, don't be a jerk. I'll talk to you.